Hello and welcome to Afternoonified, the podcast where if you watch closely, you'll see that the common Sarah is about to perform a dance intended to convey information. Oh, hey, that's me. Stop killing the planet, you dick munches. laughing because it was really good it was really hard not to break in the middle of that it did come out more patrick stewart i knew it was gonna come out more patrick stewart i told you for our listeners who didn't get the joke in the cold open she's supposed to be david attenborough i didn't watch all of those hours of blue planet for this <laughs> maybe I'm you gonna just do the whole podcast like Trek. this I don't watch any Star Trek. I'm just gonna do the episode like this. Oh, if God. you do the whole episode in a British accent, I will kill you. I will fly to Portland. We have one confirmed listener in the UK, and I need them. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say I could do Scottish, but I can't. Like, I physically can't. I mean, you can do I don't have... Southern and Southern. I can do a, a general-leaning Midwestern canadian like it's just that middle part of the country (laughs) accent and my southern is just the whole south like there's not like there's very distinct texan and like kentucky kentuckian kentuckian kentucky if we have any kentucky listeners please tell us what you are um but the accent isn't distinguishable it's just yeah that's from that part of the country yeah pretty much i do a good pacific northwestern because you are it's the most neutral of accents. Wrong. It's literally the most <laughs> neutral of accents. No, the Minnesotan accent is the, or not Minnesotan necessarily, Midwestern. Minnesotan maybe not so much because we've got the hard O's. But um, I always heard that people look for, like, in call centers, Midwestern accents because it's the least offensive. They're friendlier, but that doesn't mean they're neutral. <laughs> they're... Have you ever heard Ben? Have you ever heard Ben Kissel try to pronounce the word bagel or Vegas? Where is he from? Wisconsin. Well, that's because he's from a garbage state for garbage people. It's right next door to you. I know, and that's because we put all the garbage people over there. Okay, you go enjoy your bagels in <laughs> Vegas. And this has nothing to do at all with what we're talking about. No, and I'm and- gonna be real with you. In the last five minutes, I've forgotten what we're doing the episode about. Well, that's fantastic. So have I, apparently. I've been trying to find a good segue, and there is no segue. Except this is what our episode is about. Um, We're talking about... God damn it. So I've struggled with the title of this episode. Right now in my Google Doc, it just says Extinct Animals? We're t- yeah, that will just be the <laughs> title of the episode. Um, I have a quick question before we get into it. Are lemmings real? Why are you asking me? Yes? Because I was just thinking about it. Are you sh- I didn't know if we s- still had them. Or- are you sure you didn't eat an ed- edible before we started this podcast? Like 75%? Is it possible that you took one and then because you were high, immediately forgot that you took one? No, they take about an hour to uh, set in. You'd know. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we've once again gotten off track. Um, I have been drinking. <laughs> So the subject I wanted to talk about today was animals that we thought were extinct, might not be. Who knows? It's a mystery. Scientifically, I, we thought were extinct. Like, they were declared extinct and not just, yes. like, me, where I don't, don't remember if lemmings not, were. Not a lemming situation, no. Like, officially declared okay. extinct, and then people kept seeing them. Okay. Um, I'm real punchy, probably because you made me wait until after 8 o'clock. To record, and we all know eight o'clock is my bedtime. I was on the <laughs> bus. So we are going to start with my favorite extinct animal. Um, the whole reason I wanted to do this episode. Have you ever heard of the thylacine? No, is that a dinosaur? It's not. <laughs> uh, so I will start out with um, shout out to a July 2018 article in The New Yorker by Brooke Jarvis called The Obsessive Search for the Thylacine. And God, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. It might be thylacine. Well, you're from the Midwest, so no one's really going to call I'm you gonna on it. I'm going to say thylacine. And if I'm wrong, just don't tell me. Deal? Or say it politely. <laughs> not in an iTunes review. Tweet it. <laughs> tweet, tweet at me to correct me. 
I just don't. In the higher the hierarchy of ways that it's polite to tell someone that they fucked up, it's bottom of the rung is the <laughs> iTunes reviews, then Twitter, then Instagram stories, and then a nicely worded email with phonetic pronunciation. Correct. So keep that in mind as and I pronounce words. The top would be the top is the the comments that you can put in when you donate to our tip jar. <laughs> Here's five bucks. You pronounced thylacine wrong. If there's money with it, it's automatically polite. Yeah, it's like a card from your grandma. (laughs) So now that we plugged all the ways to find us and all the ways to give us money and attention. But gave no handles. (laughs) They know them all already, right? (laughs) That's the name of the show, (laughs) dickheads. We are so wildly off the rails and I haven't even done anything yet. Okay. I'm changing our theme song to an 8-bit version of Crazy Train. I hope that's fine. <laughs> that sounds great. That's very on brand. Anyway, so the thylacine <laughs> was thought to be extinct. So, yeah. So the thylacine is one of the largest known carnivorous marsupials. It was native to Tasmania, New Guinea, and Australia mainland. So, like, a meat-eating kangaroo is what I'm taking from this? <laughs> well, it is commonly known as the Tasmanian tiger because of its striped lower back. Um, sometimes also the Tasmanian wolf. I've never heard it referred to as the Tasmanian wolf, but the internet tells me that that is an alternate name for it. Um, its general appearance was that of a medium to large size dog. Taz. It's it's Taz. No, that's Taz is a Tasmanian devil. Different animal. Yeah, but he doesn't look like one. He's not fucking terrifying. <laughs> Have you seen a Tasmanian devil? For real? Yeah. Well, not like They're in real horrible. life. I've seen a picture of a real Tasmanian devil. I'm trying to find you a picture because you need to appreciate these animals. I like to be as welcoming to all animals, but Tasmanian devils can eat it. (laughs) Oh, wait. No, never mind. Just the diseased ones. The the normal ones look like tiny little bears. Okay. Oh, my God. He's so cute. So I just texted you a picture of a Tasmanian tiger. And you'll see immediately why they're my favorite extinct animal. Because they're adorable. (laughs) It's like a cat puppy. Yeah. Uh, So they could grow to six feet long, including their tail, um, which was stiff and thick at the base, a lot like a kangaroo. They also had like an abdomen. Basically, they were like dog kangaroos. They had like a little pouch for their babies. It's it's Tigger. Yeah. And he's the only one. (laughs) Yeah. Get ready to be sad. This research was depressing. Uh, So the thylacine was already extremely rare on the Australian mainland by the time the British got there. Um, It did manage to survive on the island state of Tasmania until about the 1930s. Did we not fuck this one up by showing up? No, we absolutely fucked this one by showing up. Um, Okay. It's generally believed that overhunting, encouraged by bounties, like the... So the whole thing was like the farmers are saying these Tasmanian tigers are eating all our sheep. Um, so the government put a bounty on them, and then we overhunted them to extinction, as we do. Oh, yeah, we're, we're kind of doing that with, uh, I believe, Nutria yeah. uh, in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, they're, I mean, they're not going extinct. They're terrible. But. Yeah. Um, there were likely some other factors, like disease, like the introduction of dogs, just humans being in its habitat. Always, like, as always with extinct animals, it's not just one thing. It's kind of like a lot of shitty things. Yeah. But, I mean, overhunting, not helping. Generally, no. <laughs> so, in 1901, the Tasmanian government realized it had a conservation problem, but it wasn't super pumped about doing anything about it. Um, it passed some legislation that allowed for the protection of the thylacine in July 1936. Um, by that time, only a single Tasmanian tiger was left. Well, at that point, it's kind of just show so the last known tasmanian tiger to be killed in the wild was shot by a farmer in 1930 in 1933 the last captive animal later known as benjamin was trapped and put on display on the hobart zoo um so only 59 days after the passing of the protection legislation benjamin died on september 7th 1936 when he was locked out of his sheltered sleeping quarters by a neglectful caretaker so they were just painting the titanic at that point i'm this happened like a hundred years ago. I'm still really mad about this. People in the 1930s were fucking idiots. I mean, you listen to our uh, weed episode, you know. The 1930s was the worst. It's a garbage time All period right. for garbage people. 
the Hobart City Council, at the time of his death, noted this um, at their meeting, and they authorized 30 pounds for its replacement, thinking that, like, oh, we'll just get another one. Except, no, you can't. They're all dead because you killed them by locking them outside of their houses. And shooting them. Also that. (laughs) So the Tasmania tiger, as of 1936, was still, was now extinct. Or was it? Symbol in my notes. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. Why did why don't why why people allow me to podcast? It's less of allow and more <laughs> like a white dude in Tolerate? life. You just kind of do it. Yeah. <laughs> so since 1936, there have been thousands of unverified sightings of Tasmanian tigers, both on the island of Tasmania and mainland Australia, which is kind of weird because they were already pretty rare in Australia, but. Who knows? It's like Elvis. Um, So the New Yorker listed some sightings. Um, There was one by a woman who, as a child in the 1960s, she'd spent a day by the Arm River watching an entire den of striped animals with her grandfather, um, only to go to school later and learn that the animal she'd seen apparently was extinct. Yeah, because we trust children to tell us things. (laughs) Children are right about everything. Um, In 1982, an experienced park ranger, so already... More promising, not a child. Experienced. Experienced. Um, He spotted an animal in the beam of his flashlight, watching it long enough to count all the stripes, 12 in all. Uh, And then another man reported startling a tiger in the 1980s while he was hunting rabbits with his brother. The Um, rabbit, not the, the animal was hunting the rabbits with his brother? (laughs) He was hunting rabbits. As they were hunting rabbits, they found a tiger. Were they being very, Um, very quiet? Scared it. Clearly not, since they startled the tiger. Oh, they're bad at hunting wabbits. <laughs> uh, but according to him, this was 10 a.m. in the morning in broad daylight in short, gla- in short grass. Oh. So, I mean, sure. Sure. Um, <laughs> uh, there was also one incident where eight people in two separate cars encountered a tiger so reluctant to clear off the road that they eventually just had to drive around it. <laughs> There's is, no date given on that one. This is off topic. But... Was it you that was I mean, telling me? it sounds me, like my cat. <laughs> was it you that was telling me the story about how in the country, if there were cows in the road, you kind of just had to wait it out? Yeah. I mean, you drive around them. We're, I'm not from, like, big dairy country. In the dairy cows, there are... That's the funny we, thing. Mostly beef cattle. I am from dairy country. <laughs> and I don't remember <laughs> the answer to this question. I mean, it would make sense. I I encountered more farm equipment yeah, on the road. Yeah, getting stuck behind a combine. Yeah, frequently. Beat, beat trucks. Beat trucks are the worst. Beat trucks stink. Really? Yes. Beats don't horribly. Well, I guess if they're pre-cleaned beats. Yeah, they just they have a beat funk about them. I don't know. If you get stuck behind a truck, you would know. Beat funk is my new acid jazz <laughs> ensemble. That's a free band name for anyone who <laughs> wants it. It has to be a jazz band. <laughs> I don't make the rules. Uh, so there have been some obvious hoaxes. Um, there's been always been like people painting stripes on greyhounds. One guy who claimed he had indisputable proof, um, but he'd accidentally dropped his camera down a mine. So I didn't remember for a second that greyhounds were actually dogs. <laughs> oh, you, <laughs> you thought people were painting stripes on a bus? You know what? It's been a long day, Sarah, and I don't appreciate the tone that you're taking. <laughs> But yes, uh, yes, I did. Well, <laughs> you're still smarter than this guy. I mean, that's probably not hard. And my favorite hoax, a tourist who just took a picture of a historical photo and said, oh, I saw a tiger. I mean, that's just really low effort hoaxing. This is an audio medium, so it's very hard for me to properly convey what I'm <laughs> feeling right now. Just frustrated silence. If you just want a picture like... A line of eye roll emojis and then a big sigh. <laughs> like a yeah, chorus that's, line that's of right. eye rolls and just... <sighs> that's where I am with this man. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's about right. Um, still, despite the hoaxes, of which there are many terrible ones, the sightings became so frequent that the state actually handed out a footprint identification guide and gave wildlife officials boxes marked thylacine response kits to keep in their vehicles in case they needed to gather evidence like plaster casts of paw prints. It wasn't just like um, several puppy ex- chow and those reflective blankets? Unfortunately, no. I mean, that's how I would respond to a thylacine. 
I would immediately take it home. I can't imagine they make great pets. But yesterday, I would someone be happy. Showed me the like a Reddit thread of someone who had gotten a cat off the street, thinking it was a stray, um, and then that cat turned out to be like very aggressive and large, and it was a bobcat. <laughs> I thought. Oh, I've also seen like the coyote. Someone posting on next door, like, "Will someone please pick up your cat? It's really mean, and it's just a picture of a screaming possum." <laughs> I don't know if that's real or not, but I think about that a lot and it makes me laugh. Oh, I love possums. Oh, possums are the best. Uh, So they did launch several expeditions to find surviving animals. Um, This was by the government or just private explorers or the World Wildlife Fund. Um, Each of them failed to find a single living specimen or turn up any conclusive evidence. But it's still, it's kind of like Tasmania's claim, not Maybe not their only claim to fame. They've got the devil, too. But, like, <laughs> the Tasmanian tiger the is, like, a big devil. deal. <laughs> so they got that Looney Tunes character. Yeah. I mean, Tasmania has... Yeah. Nope, they just have the Looney Tunes character. I can't think of a single famous person from Tasmania. I'm sure we'll... Hold. If you Googled it. Famous people from Tasmania. We need to get songs like they have in the Babysitter's Club Clubs, where whenever they Google, we sing a song. There's a couple famous netball players. and A couple famous who? Netball players. Is that a sport? Allegedly. Um, and Errol Flynn. Okay, well, good on Tasmania. Jim Bacon, politician. <laughs> Errol Flynn, uh, a lot of golfers. I guess there's not a lot to do. No, probably not. A lot of politicians. Uh, Jason Simmons, but Jason has two A's. I don't know who that is. Neither do I. I get maybe it's pronounced Jason. I think we're scraping the bottom of the barrel in this no longer as compelling audio. Why does Rachel Taylor sound familiar? It's the most basic white girl name of all time. I mean, you're telling this to an Emily Coleman. <laughs> Rachel Taylor. Oh shit! No, Rachel Taylor is uh from Jessica Jones. Jess? No. no. What, what's her face? What's her face? Uh, she's um, Shitty Mom. I know who you're talking about. I cannot remember it's her like name right Betsy now. It's like Betsy or Patty. Patsy. 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 Patricia. Trish. I knew it was like a one syllable. It's Patsy. God, it's been anyway. a full year since I've watched Jessica Jones. Uh, okay. Yeah, so anyway, um, she's from Tasmania. That's kind of the long and short. It's uh, some guy named Jim Bacon, Jason, and... Uh, so um where was i before we went down this real just fascinating rabbit hole um oh so there's no physical evidence um there could be reasons for this uh the tasmanian wilderness is very fast in the state's other major carnivore the better known tasmanian devil has been known to quickly consume every bit of carcass it comes across spinning in a circle so fast that he looks like a tornado (laughs) exactly it's like nature's garbage disposal. Anyway, what was I saying? So um, the number of thylacine sightings has actually gone up in recent decades. Um, eyewitness statements suffer from all the usual problems, like human perception is faulty. Misidentification happens because no one has ever seen an animal before. Lying is real. Um, yeah. Our brains just filling gaps. Memory is unreliable. Like people spot a strange animal that they don't recognize and then go look it up. And they see a picture of a Tasmanian tiger and then like their brain just kind of like switches it. You know, like, oh, that must be what I saw. So now that's in your memory. It, yeah. Well, yeah, it's like why eyewitness accounts to crimes can't really be held as hard and fast evidence because someone gets attacked and then you show them a lineup of people and they just kind of pick the one that looks closest and then they're like, Yeah, yes, and then that's their brain him. overwrites it. Yeah. This could be a whole podcast by itself talking about why human perception is just garbage well i mean we got a series order for another 10 episodes so i think we have the budget (laughs) for that uh so the point that new yorker makes and i actually never this never occurred to me before and is relevant to all the other animals we're talking about um do you want me to just like isolate you saying the point that the new yorker makes (laughs) so you can use that when you need to sound smart yep just add that new ringtone and then add it in front of every sentence i say it's very smart um (laughs) But anyway, so whether the thylacine is extinct might depend on what the definition of extinct is. Like, for a long time, the standard was 
And animals I mean, I feel considered like extinct pretty hard and fast. Well, see, that's the thing. It's not. Because the standard was that an animal was considered extinct only when 50 years had passed since, like, the last person had seen one. Weird criteria, um, but 94, okay. yeah, I mean, it's kind of arbitrary, but um, it changed to no reasonable doubt that the last living individual has died, which, what what does that even mean? Like, that can be interpreted. By that logic, very we don't know that Bigfoot is extinct. I'm sorry to bring him up again, but... <laughs> Just because, well, yeah. See, that's the thing. Like that—that's the point the New Yorker makes. Is like the definition is limited by our own perception. Like we can't. Human beings are not omniscient. We can't know there's no thylacines left. We just have not seen one, so we assume it's yeah, extinct. Yeah, I mean that'd be ridiculous. Like, we'd yeah. never be able to call fish extinct. We don't fucking know. We wouldn't know. And like, God, there are probably species going extinct all the time that we never even knew existed. So oh, that's terrifying. Continue. Yeah, think about that. Um, as just a little footnote, epilogue to this section. Pod note. Um, a pod note. A museum and exhibit in Hobart now refers to the species as functionally extinct. So regardless of whether there are any surviving Tasmanian tigers, they're no longer relevant to the ecosystem. So Harsh. Yeah. That's sad, huh? I'm bummed out now. I'm sorry to bum everyone out. Phased that shit out like Kevin Spacey. No longer relevant. Don't need it. Nope. All right. You want to talk about something less depressing? Is it dodos? No, it's woolly mammoths. Uh, that's Wait, what? <laughs> Sarah, those definitely don't have a question mark after the extinct. Or do they? I have a feeling I'm about to find out. In 2012, a video showing a live woolly mammoth crossing a river in the Choctaw region of Siberia appeared on the most reliable of sources. Reddit? YouTube. Oh. YouTube. <laughs> Reddit just links to YouTube. YouTube, okay. the most reliable source. Okay. Um, it was supposedly filmed by a Russian engineer who was in the area to survey for a road. Um, and he released the footage anonymously saying he wanted to, quote, draw attention to the fact that woolly mammoths still exist in the vast unexplored wastes of Siberia. No. No. Um, no. It's an astounding claim. Yes. <laughs> it's quite an astounding video. Um. Except for the part where it's clearly just a bear with a fish in its mouth. I need to see this. I'm going to send you a screenshot. I'll send you the whole video afterwards. Um, Yeah. Incoming. I was hoping it would be like... It's a very blurry video. (laughs) I was hoping for like advanced animatronics or... No, it's just a a bear. It's a bear. It's a bear. I, I, and I will say, I will post all of these pictures to Instagram, as I usually do. Um, and I'll probably tweet a link to the video so you can see it in motion. It's defo a bear with a fish in its That's a mouth. big fish. So, like, congrats, bear. But <laughs> it's a bear. Um, to be fair, uh, that is not the only reported sighting of a woolly mammoth, a species that reportedly died out over 4,000 years ago. I think you mean ago. to be bear. <laughs> the woolly mammoth, um, as an animal that existed was roughly about the same size as a modern African elephant. Um, it's more closely related to Asian elephants. Which are smaller? I was going to look up what the difference is. I think Asian elephants think are smaller and, like, smoother. One of them has bigger ears, right? I don't remember. I read a book about it at one point. Anyway, they stood around 9 to 11 feet tall, weighed up to 6 metric tons, and unlike modern elephants, woolly mammoths were covered in long, shaggy fur. They are big, fuzzy elephants. I mean, I feel I fear everyone kind of knows what a woolly mammoth is, but on the off chance we have listeners who are stupid, it's Ray Romano which and I know Ice we Age. have a few. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they also had long curved tusks, which it used for fighting, foraging, and manipulating objects. And carrying said the sloth. Yes. Um, Afri- uh, their habitat. African elephants have oh, bigger sorry, ears that reach their neck. Asian elephants are more of a, you know, this audio poison. <laughs> They're at the top of the head. She's making wild movements with her hands that even I cannot comprehend should have taken a screenshot uh, and i of was that. right asian elephants <laughs> are smoother oh noted uh so their habitats stretch across northern eurasia and north america they coexisted with early humans who actually hunted them for food and like used its tusks and bones for making art and tools and their houses and can everything yeah like that um they continued to use this long after the species like you know like out. in that documentary three million bc or whatever yes you know <laughs> That timely reference that for a movie that everyone has seen, definitely. 
Also, the title is definitely wrong. For sure. <laughs> That's the one thing I won't Google. <laughs> no, not worth it. Uh, so despite the fact that the species died out thousands of years ago, we are still finding like whole remains of mammoths. Um, as recently as 2013, probably even more recently, but 2013 was the last one listed on Wikipedia. A mammoth carcass was uncovered in... Who boy. That's a weird place. Molly... <laughs> Molly Lyakovsky Island. Um, it's in the extreme north of Russia. It's 10,000 BC, and also... Why weren't there any mammoths at Jurassic Park? Because they're not dinosaurs. Aren't they? I don't think they lived in the same time period also. Probably. (laughs) Like millions of millions of years more recent. Fair enough. Anyway, so this mammoth they found in 2013, she was between the ages of 50 to 60 when she died. Um, The carcass contained well-preserved muscular tissue, and when they extracted it from the ice, liquid blood spilled out of the abdominal cavity, which... Is very cool. Yeah, it's like that. Not at all. That Chinese kind of disturbing. That Chinese mummy that was so well preserved. I've talked about her a lot. Yeah. Uh, so it's probably due to these findings that we still get the occasional claims that the woolly mammoth is not extinct. In the 19th century, several reports of quote large shaggy beasts were passed on to Russian authorities by local Siberian tribesmen. Um, there was also around the same time plenty of rumors that there were woolly mammoths alive and well in Alaska. Um, In 1889, a Klondiker named Henry Tuchman wrote to McClure's magazine describing in some detail how he had killed a woolly mammoth and sold its carcass to an American millionaire who had it stuffed and donated to the Smithsonian. That was the plot line that the show Klondike was missing. Do you remember this? I feel like that would have made it. I do. I watched it for Richard Madden and was generally whelmed. I mean, yeah. But I feel like if Um, Richard Madden had found a woolly mammoth, it might have gotten a season two. Just saying. It was a mini series, but. <laughs> so Tuchman's story spread so pro- prolifically that people actually started showing up at the Smithsonian to see the mammoth. Um, eventually, their paleontology expert, um, Charles Schuchert, had to hold a press conference with a representative from the magazine explaining that the story was fiction and no such specimen existed. So the Smithsonian <laughs> so did not have a mammoth. No. Well, they might have had some mammoths, but not like one that had recently been killed and stuffed. Maybe like something that had been excavated. I don't know. Traditional um, mammoth. So according, yeah. According to the editors of the magazine, the story wasn't intended as a hoax. They thought the account was so fantastical that there wasn't any need to identify it as fiction. Um, um, so they just underestimated how stupid everybody was. So we as a, a species have been stupid for a long time. We have indeed. Uh, so along with the video I already mentioned, there's another video going around YouTube. Um, this one is uploaded in 2013. It claims to have been filmed by a German military photographer in 1943. Um, it's also super hoax. <laughs> Several viewers pointed out it's just an edited clip from there was the BBC documentary in 2001 called Walking with Beasts. And they just kind of like made it black and white and old timey and said, some German guy filmed it during World War II. And what was weird is the video was narrated by David Attenborough. <laughs> <laughs> you would thought that would give it away, but David Bur- Attenborough is ageless. It's true. I feel like he's been alive forever. <laughs> Did you hear that story about how he found a skull in the backyard of his house and it turned out to be the skull of a murder victim from like 100 years before? I do vaguely remember hearing I think it was story. on an episode of Lore. Again absolutely was um anyway it was one of the yeah there was a skull in his yeah. back garden and it was like oh yeah it was the landlady murdered by this one lady who then melted her down into fat and fed it to the neighbors yeah that sounds like a david Attenborough thing to do just find skulls of murder victims in your backyard well, he's got to do something on the weekend specifically weekends. like old-timey murder mm-hmm, victims mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. yeah he's got to do something on the weekends yeah Uh, So Siberia, at least, is huge and largely uninhabited, so it's impossible to totally discount the possibility that there's a small population of mammoths that survived into the present day. To go back to a previous discussion about Siberia, they have mammoths, peepees, and weed. (laughs) Giant peepees. Sorry. I'll respect your Rasputin. Siberia sounds like a cool place. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) No. Um, No. Well, mammoth no, peepees. In the end, mammoth peepees. Mammoth peepees. I'm. I mean, I'm sure there are because I'm sure there's frozen mammoths like below the ice, 
And, you know, global warming is happening, so. Oh, no. Oh, what if it's like Encino Man? Man, the sun There's freezes actually... and they have to take it to, I don't know, high school. I've never seen Encino Man. I just know Brendan Fraser was in it. Look, if they resurrected a mammoth, which they have talked about doing, he would be not voiced like by Brendan Fraser, bringing back to life, like cloning. But yeah, eh, yeah, it would be for sure. Um, the point I was making that I really want to make sure I make Sorry. before I end up the section Sorry. Um, is no scientific proof has ever surfaced, so don't actually think that I believe there are mammoths still in Siberia. I don't. Um, all available evidence points to the fact that they died out thousands of years ago when God intended. Um, yeah, and it wasn't just mammoths or another thing that, like, hunting did them in quite a bit, um, but also just, like, the global climate changed and the world wasn't as cold and they didn't do as now, great. Now, Sarah, you're saying that climate change killed off species and made living conditions unacceptable for certain forms of life. It did, in fact, do that way back in the day. Well, I'm really glad we're not experiencing that again and that it's No, we're fine. It's all fake. Science is fake. In the end... It's simply way too long since the species died out for a small number of them to have carried on See, this long. See, this is what those ancient men get for vaccinating their children. <laughs> dead dead. mammoths. They're all dead. All right. Emily, hmm. I promised you burbs. <gasps> Burb! We're going to talk about some burbs. Two burbs. Got some, like, regular animals and then a lot of the, like, ex- are they extinct? Are burbs. Birds. Sorry. No, they're burbs. <laughs> I have to say the actual word. <laughs> so the first one we're going to talk about is the ivory-billed woodpecker. It either is or was, question mark, <laughs> one of the largest woodpeckers in the world. Um, so roughly 20 inches long with a 30-inch wingspan, which is it's a like big fucking bird. Almost three feet wingspan. Like, that's a big bird, especially for, like, a woodpecker. Like, it's not an eagle. It's a woodpecker, which I always have pictured... This is an audio medium, but like this Like, uh, that's a, what, eight inches? I'm holding my fingers apart. Yeah, a couple inches. So, big, big burbs. Big burbs. <laughs> it either is or was, question mark, native to southeastern United States and Cuba. Um, it was first considered extinct in 1920, wiped out by, again, logging, overhunting, the usual humans are dicks. Um, it turned out to be a little premature because in 1932, a Louisiana state representative shot and killed one. Thanks. God damn it. <laughs> he brought the specimen to a state wildlife office in Baton Rouge. Uh, it con- continued to be sighting through the 1930s and 40s. Um, in 1938, there were still an estimated 20 woodpeckers remaining in the wild. Um, six to eight of which were in this tract of old growth forest owned by the Singer Sewing Company. But the logging rights to that land were held by the Chicago Mill and Lumber Company. I don't know what logging rights means. I think it means the right like to log. Singer owns it, but they like lease it essentially. I don't know. Anyway, so despite pleas from four Southern governors and like the National Audubon Society, they wanted to publicly purchase the land and set it aside as a reserve. But the company was like, hmm, nah, and just logged I it. So despise that was cool. People again. This was the 1930s. Oh, yeah. It's a garbage time for garbage Shitty people. Shitty decade. Um, so by 1944, the last known ivory-billed woodpecker, a female, was gone from the tract. Um, so its official status has waffled a little bit. It's currently listed as critically endangered by the International Union for the Conservation of Nature. The American Birding Association considers it definitely or probably extinct, which is sad. <sighs> It has since been dubbed the Holy Grail bird by people who are really into birds, I Birders, guess. Birders, I believe is what um, they're called. Yeah. Um, and despite claims of sightings, and there's been, like, some videos and photos, there's still no universally accepted evidence that they still exist. There's, like, another woodpecker, I think, called the... Nope, I should have written down. I've forgotten it. There's another woodpecker that looks very similar and has similar coloring. Do you have a picture of this woodpecker? I do. I will send it. Oh, and then I, for- I had a whole thing at the front where I explained it. It's shiny blue-black with white markings on its neck and extensive white on the trailing edge of its upper and underwing. Bird stuff. That's a nice-looking oh, that's burb. that's a good-looking burb. PSA. That's a good-looking burb. Um, but apparently it's kind of controversial in the ornithology community, which I imagine is just full of fun people. Uh, it's not a pedantic community at all. <laughs> As I had quoted, a matter of intense debate. So yeah, They gotta have something. I mean... That's my short little blurb. On burb. About the burb. Burbs. Burb is the blurb. (laughs) 
I love bumps. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I don't know. Were you around for this? This was like last weekend. I was trying to do like something productive and then got derailed for a half an hour because a little bird hit my window and fell onto my patio. Did I tell I, you this? I uh, was doing something else and then I came back to just a wall of text in the group like, chat. Like <laughs> text because I was so concerned about this little bird. Because it it was definitely like a baby bird, not like a super little one with like, like no a feathers. Fledgling? It had feathers and yeah, a fledgling. This is the difference I learned. There's nestlings, which are the baby ugly baby birds with no feathers, and fledglings, which are like the super cute birds with feathers, and they have like short little stubby tails. Because I was like furiously googling, like, am I supposed to help this bird? It like hopped up onto one of my chairs, and it was chirping for its mom. And its mom kept flying, like, up to the balcony above me and then back down to my patio. And I wanted to cry. I, like, nearly almost cried. Burbs usually um, sort themselves out. I mean. <laughs> and this is the information I got from Google that if it's a fledgling, which it was, like, mama bird is nearby. They're trying to learn how to fly. Just, like, leave them it's alone. It's a tough love situation. safe. Yeah. Um, and I went to my bedroom window to go get a better look at it. And as I did, it, like, flew away. And I burst into tears because i was so proud of this little burp <laughs> anyway that's my story about well, you the know, burp. if all that bad stuff hadn't happened to it it would have stayed a little burp and it never would have grown to don't even start <laughs> now she's a big burp queen of northern sesame street sesame street north say, i'm talking i'm doing this whole episode like i'm explaining it to my cat <laughs> The burbs. All right, we got one more burb. The, the Alfred Hitchcock movie would have been better <laughs> if it was the the burbs. the burbs. Oh wait, no, that's already a thing. <laughs> Is it about burbs? No, Tom Hanks was in the burbs. <laughs> we need to have a discussion about Tom Hanks's the burbs later. <laughs> Carrie Fisher's there. It's we'll great. do that offline. Yes. We're going to catch so much shit for saying burbs so many times. <laughs> I I realize this as I'm saying it, but it's become a tick. Well, it's just like a thing my mouth does. Why don't you when tell us the word more burb. about extinct aminals? <laughs> aminals. Our last aminal, also a burb. The passenger pigeon. Have you heard of this? Uh, no. Does it take passengers or is it a passenger? Does it like the film The Passenger starring Chris Pine? I honestly have no goddamn idea why they call it the passenger pigeon. This was never explained to me in my research. Um, it was once the most abundant bird, was once the most abundant bird on the planet, numbering three to five billion. That's a lot of fucking the birds. Of its population. It's a lot of burbs. <laughs> I actually have the word burb in my notes here. You did uh, this to yourself. For anywhere between 25 and 40 percent of the entire burb population of the united states jesus <laughs> i know it's really hard to take this seriously because i keep saying burb but that's a, a lot, lot of fucking of birds. birds how many do we know roughly how many birds are currently in did you say on the planet or in the united states united states how many birds I mean, you in can look it up. america <laughs> 10, oh, Google just gives you a number. 10 to 20 billion birds, depending on the time of year. Interesting. That one makes sense. Yeah, so this is a lot of birds. 13.7 million birds are dying every day in the United States. Emily, 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 shut up. I don't want to know that. Save a bird. I don't need Save to know a bird. that. We're going to talk about this other bird that's also Stop dead. throwing rice out at weddings, all of that kind of stuff. <laughs> So nesting birds, these passenger pigeons, they took over entire forests and migrating flocks were so large that they could block out the sun as they passed overhead. Oh, good. They were Satan birds. Yeah. <laughs> so John James Audubon, Audubon, famous ornithologist, once watched a passing flock for three days and estimated that at times more than 300 million pigeons flew by him each I'm gonna hour. I'm going to say that's too many pigeons. I tried to do the math on it and it didn't quite, I don't. Maybe they were flying back and forth. I don't know. But he knows a lot about burbs, so I'm inclined <laughs> to believe it. Do you remember that time, like, three or four years ago, when I had a love-hate relationship with a brown pigeon that hung out outside my apartment? 
I do remember the brown pigeon. You were so racist against the brown I pigeon. I didn't know that pigeons came in other colors. <laughs> you were just so mad about I it. I don't know why. We made up. We're, I got a lot of snaps. We're fine. We're fine now. <laughs> I don't live there anymore, but... <laughs> and then every time I saw a brown pigeon for years, I would send you pictures of His name of was it. Charles. Oh, good yep. old Charles. So the sheer number of passenger pigeons made them an easy food source for Native Americans and early settlers and for Americans in the mid-19th century, a fun thing to shoot and Not kill. Not a lot of meat on a pigeon. No. Are you noticing a running theme, though? It's our fault. Yeah, usually. So passenger pigeons were sought, shot with such ease that even an amateur hunter could bring down six with a single shotgun blast. Just like if they were like, in a line or shrapnel. Like, so like literally all you had to do was aim vaguely in the direction of the flock and pull the trigger and you would hit like So six. it was bird murder for dummies. Murder. Yeah. You could... There are stories like you could literally just wave a pole into a flock and you'd hit probably hit and kill some. Like this is just how many pigeons there were in these flocks. I mean, it sounds like their numbers needed to be thinned out and then we just got too excited. <laughs> we'll put a pin in that. So professional hunters had a great time with this. Um, they thought up a whole bunch of just creative and terrible ways to kill these birds. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. I'm about to get sad again. Um, so they took captive pigeons and showed their sewed their what? eyes shut. And then use them as no. decoys to attract more pigeons. What? I know. I really Make hate this. Make a fake this. one. Um, they, they baited them with alcohol-soaked grain, which got them drunk and then made them easier to catch than they already were. Uh, they suffocated them with burning sulfur. And then they would just, like, set fire to trees and make the baby pigeons jump from their nests. And this was entertainment to assholes in the 1800s. Is there, like, a fund I can make a donation to? Like a, Unfortunately, like no. a bird reparations fund? Hold on. <laughs> Reparations? I don't know. Reparations? There's gotta be something there. So you'll remember that there are like bajillions of these birds. The scientific number, yes. Um, <laughs> so extinction happened rapidly. By the time of the Civil War, they were already extinct on the East Coast. Uh, by the turn of the century, they were extinct pretty much everywhere else. Well, the only reason they weren't extinct everywhere else during the Civil War is because we hadn't made it that far. Oh, no, never mind. I had my dates mixed up. Never yeah. mind. I have to edit this out. <laughs> no, leave it in. You sound so nope. smart. According to the New Yorker. <laughs> <laughs> so the last known passenger pigeon, a female named Martha. You don't get to murder her people and then Zoo. name her something cute. She died at the Cincinnati Zoo on September 1st, 1914. Oh. She was about 29 years old and suffered from a palsy that made her that tremble. Poor baby. She had never in her life laid a single fertile she egg. She had to die in Ohio? I feel so bad for this bird. I know. She had to live in Ohio. I'm going to send you a picture of Martha real quick, like. Also, picture of Martha will be on Instagram. Look, I'm really trying to plug the Instagram here. If you want to see pictures of dead birds burps which of course please do. don't lead with that it'll ruin the nice pattern that you made <laughs> no the lead image for this image um for this episode is definitely going to be benjamin the tasmanian tiger who i love i feel like that so, woodpecker is staring into my soul oh look at her <laughs> when did she's so when cute. did you say she died 1914 they stuffed her of course oh, as you do okay i was like um sarah <laughs> This photo was not taken in 1914. Oh, yeah. No, she's not alive. This is in, in that like, picture. That's 4K. Why like, I yeah. can zoom in and see the reflection in her eyes. <laughs> if you zoom in far it enough, you theorized. can see the date and time of your death. <laughs> Martha knows when you'll die. There's got to be a haunted taxidermy market that we're not tapping into. I'm sure there is. I was just, I, list, I re-listened to all of Spooked over the weekend. Oh, good choice, good choice. I guess I was in the mood for some ghost stories. There's a ghost taxidermy story. Oh my god, I remember that. The squirrel kept being alive. <laughs> That's the story. So it's theorized that the large flocks of passenger pigeons that they traveled in were actually, like, the reason they survived at all. Like, basically, the strategy was there are so many of them that predators can't kill enough to make a dent in the population. Like anchovies. Yeah. Um, at least until, you know, American settlers came along. Um, hunting also disrupted their nesting grounds. Like, they'd go in and they'd kill all the adults. They'd drive off. They'd scare off a bunch of others. And then they'd harvest all the baby pigeons. So, like, there were no pigeons reproducing because you were stealing the baby pigeons. Did you just send me a picture? 
Look again. No. Nope. I'll never be able to stop laughing if you make me laugh. You have to look again because they sent you something else. Why are you doing because this to me? Because you <laughs> fucked me up during Monster Pod, and this is how I get back at you. <laughs> oh, those will be on the Instagram. <laughs> the cougar again. The cougar is actually funnier than the lion. <laughs> it's like I've seen the lion before. I've never seen. Were we talking about pigeons? Yes. Okay. I'm getting to the point where I tell people they're not extinct, and then. Wait, no, they probably are. That's weird. We haven't heard <laughs> the theme that of before. This episode. <laughs> so, for several decades after their extinction, there are still some unconfirmed reports of small flocks of passenger pigeons still living in the wild. Um, usually, like, like really little small flocks, like seven Here's pigeons. Here's the problem: which is they look like normal usual. fucking pigeons. So, how do you tell the difference? I would never. Yeah, like there was a video posted to YouTube of like a oh look, it's a passenger pigeon. I'm like, it's it looks a like pigeon. a pigeon. I don't know. I don't think you can get close enough to, like, I'm sure there's differences, but you can't really, like, not Maybe it's ones. a Neanderthal to human difference, where, like, if you're up real close and you know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, the settings that there have been are usually in very isolated areas, like the Ozarks. Um, former President Teddy Roosevelt claimed to have seen some. I believe him. In wait, 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 wait. Was he the um, good one, or was he the, the super shitty one? The Roosevelt. One of them was cool, and the other one had a daughter that was, like, super cool, but he was kind of a dick. I don't know. Teddy Roosevelt was okay. He started the National Parks. His daughter was cooler. Alice, though. right? She's an yeah. episode unto herself. Yes. Um, but, yeah, he claimed to have seen some in Virginia in 1907, seven years after they've gone extinct. Uh, but there hasn't really been any sightings lately. Um, it seems unlikely that there are any that are still around. Um, it's often considered a candidate for the process of de-extinction. Which is essentially using genetic material from preserved specimens to clone a previously extinct species. You mean like Jurassic species. Park? I'm going to send you a screenshot of my notes. My notes say yes, exactly like Jurassic Park. Would you say that you sped no expense? Oh, that was a horrible John Hammond. <laughs> Just need don't to go to Hammond anymore. jail. I messed up one brother earlier. I can't do the other one now. <laughs> so there are as many as 1,500 passenger pigeon skins, which I'm hoping are stuffed. God, I, I hope don't even so. want them stuffed. Um, <laughs> and at least 16 skeletons um, in existence. It's likely that much of the genetic material has been contaminated and fragmented by exposure to heat. So oxygen. then we get like super fucking rad pigeons. <laughs> Real cool ones. Messed um, up pigeons. So the whole process. <laughs> I mean, they probably would be pretty messed up um, pigeons. Like they have done tried this for a couple of birds, I think. And, like, it died in, like, seven minutes because its lungs were fucked up. Like, it hasn't... They've tried it. It hasn't me, worked me, 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 um, me, 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 me. <laughs> I don't know. I'm so glad we're almost done with this. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I have to pee real bad. <laughs> I'll do this real quick then. So, de-extinction, controversial process all by itself, ethically speaking, uh, you know, with the whole playing yeah. God thing. Also because, like, it might make conservation efforts less urgent. It's also debatable that given the large flocks of the past, like, whether it's, of passenger pigeons specifically, whether it's, like, possible to clone enough pigeons for, like, their revival to actually be successful. Well, you know what they say about big flocks. even if you did, like, yeah. But even if you did, like, is there enough, like, land for them to go? Like, can you imagine having three to five billion pigeons? I hear pigeons? Russia doesn't have a lot going on. True, we can send them to Siberia. Mm. Call back. Russia, specifically, as punishment. <laughs> I uh, Okay, yeah, I can get behind that. Maybe, I hear there's a big tract of land in D.C. that's not really being used for anything productive. Could probably start a passenger pigeon sanctuary. Political humor, I like it. I'm really it. feeling it today, Sarah. <laughs> well, that's the end of my notes. That's all. That's some animals. I'm, so I'm sorry for my behavior during this episode. <laughs> I'm in a mood. Clearly. I'm glad I did not take that. Actually, if I had eaten that edible, I probably would have been quieter. <laughs> Maybe that's a good strategy we can use in some other episodes. So we learned about some mammoths, some Tasmanian animals, a couple burbs, the storied career some of Rachel burbs. Taylor. <laughs> Let's see. Before we do handles, we have Fine. a very special guest coming up. And I promise to behave for that episode. 
Um, we will. I don't believe you, but sure. We will hopefully pending. I feel weird like confirming it before we've actually recorded, but at that point, it's too late to have people send in like questions or comments. Um, True. But we will be having Sarah Iyer from the Percast on, um, which is very exciting to have a guest who's met Goose from Captain Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's a beautiful person. I'm very, very excited. So if you have any like questions um, for her about cats, uh, or she also does a really fun podcast called Nothing But the Bluth, where they talk about uh, Don Bluth animated films. It's mwah. Or questions about Weezer, I guess, if we're just covering her entire discography. <laughs> but um, yeah, she'll be on soon. The next episode is going to be our Catacombs Spectacular, followed by... Right. Something even more spectacular is us talking over a film. I was going to say, uh, spectacular. Well, we're definitely going to shoot for spectacular. I'm just excited that I get to it watch could as be above a so real below garbage again. pile. Oh, it is going to be garbage. I mean, that I'm excited for. Uh, it's part of my very thinly veiled ploy to get Ben Feldman on the show. <laughs> I don't know what we would talk about. Have you considered tweeting at him, telling him we're going to do this commentary? I plan on and inviting him. To join no, us? because I'd cry, Sarah. I would cry. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to do the episode. I'll tell him about it after it's been released. He can come on when we do the episode about Ben Feldman. <laughs> I would love to. It could just be me and him and then you crying <laughs> softly in the background. I'm not going to pedantically explain to him the symbology <laughs> of a movie that he was in. <laughs> Because if we're going to do that, we can get Tom Hanks in here and we can do the Da Vinci Code and I can ruin everything. <laughs> that also sounds like fun. No, let's not yes, do that. Yes, because we definitely have the clout to get Tom Hanks on this podcast. <laughs> we have some good episodes coming yes. up. Um, yeah, so questions for Sarah. You can send them. Different Sarah. Other Sarah. She spells her name the right way, though, so I like her. Anyways... Uh, we are on Twitter at Afternoonified, Instagram at Afternoonified, Facebook at Facebook.com slash GetAfternoonified, GetAfternoonified.com, where you can find all of our old episodes, link to the tip jar so you can pay us and give us your criticisms in the notes for that donation. Well, let's say we also merch. have email at contact at GetAfternoonified. Oh, that too. Yeah, buy, buy our, our merch. merch. Go Midge Midge 2020 before uh-uh. the election and it's irrelevant. <laughs> right? Oh, God. I- that's going to get dated real fast. I definitely fast. don't regret ordering that Archer 2018 or whatever the last election was. 2016? 2016. Yeah, I have Sterling Archer 2016 Danger <laughs> Zone ticket shirt that I definitely don't regret buying. <laughs> I mean, that's just time. Well, the election was funny until a certain point. <laughs> Anyways, that's another. No, that's not another episode. I would never. <laughs> Anyway. No, I I don't feel like revisiting that. Nope. I desperately have to pee. So until next time. Yeah, can we end the episode? I want to go to bed. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. (laughs) Goodbye. We love you. (laughs) 